When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The words of a president matters. They can send a nation to war. They can bring peace. The words of a president matter. No matter how good or bad that president is. Despite that philosophy, President Biden for four days has chosen not to explain his own. After telling a crowd at a fundraiser Thursday, the U.S. is as close to Armageddon as it's been since the Cuban Missile Crisis. That Vladimir Putin is, quote, not joking when he talks about the potential use of tactical and nuclear weapons or biological or chemical weapons. And Biden's team is still trying to figure out whether Putin has an off-ramp. Well, and John Kirby and others have come out and said there's no new information to base those comments on. There's no, no change in blah, blah, blah. He was shooting his mouth off. That's what he does. We all know that. I don't know why people are acting. I mean, it's worth asking, hey, did something happen we ought to know about? No? Okay. Then uh, he was just shooting his mouth off. Okay. He's just in a, he was in a room full of people and he won't sound like a big shot. You know, that needs to be one of the choices for coverage. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like I said earlier, if your uncle Jimmy uh, goes on a drunken rant at the Thanksgiving table, any man with an earring is probably a homosexual. I mean, you don't have to assess the uh, what hidden agenda does Jimmy have. You just say, God, he went off again. So along those lines, the New York Times has this article. Biden, storyteller in chief, spins yarns that often unravel. Why is the New York Times doing this story? I mean, it's appropriate if you're going to cover news, because it's true. But um, I wonder why now. Is this part of the laying the groundwork for pushing Biden out as soon as the election is over? I don't know. Uh, But I'll read a little bit from it, because it's entertaining. President Biden has been unable to break himself of the habit of embellishing narratives to weave a political identity. That's a nice way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. 
Standing in front of Floridians who had lost everything during Hurricane Ian, President Biden on Wednesday recalled his own house being nearly destroyed 15 years ago. We didn't lose our whole home, but lightning struck and we lost an awful lot of it, he said. Mr. Biden has mentioned this incident before, once saying it, I know what it's like having had a house burned down with my wife in it. (laughs) Wow. In in fact, news reports at the time called it little more than a small fire that was contained to the kitchen and quoted the local Delaware fire chief as saying the fire was under control in 20 minutes. This story is not an isolated example of embellishment. Yeah, that is a heck of a thing to go around saying, I had my house... Having had my house burned down with my wife in it once, so I know what it's like for you. Or there's a small fire in the kitchen that was under control in a few minutes. Wow, he is a fabulist. The exaggerated biography that Mr. Biden tells includes having been a fierce civil rights activist who was repeatedly arrested. Uh, We've talked about that one. He's claimed to have been an award-winning student who earned three degrees. We've talked about that one. (laughs) That might be the dumbest one because it's so easily checked. Top of my class, three degrees. I especially cited as the student of the universal ever. <laughs> Best student ever. They gave me a a pig and a gold medal. <laughs> what? Come Remember on. when he in, he invented that? What was that? What did he claim? He was the uh, student of the year or something like that. And they said we've we've never given anything like that. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Again, I'm reading from the New York Times. And last week, speaking on the hurricane-devastated island of Puerto Rico, he said, or am I supposed to say, Puerto Rico, I guess I'm supposed to say, because I hear people doing that on NPR now. Racist. Um, He said he had been raised in the Puerto Rican community at home politically. I read the whole story on that. He, He lived in a neighborhood that had some Puerto Rican influence, a small percentage, and so he goes around claiming, I was raised by Puerto Ricans. He's been saying that for decades. Oh, my gosh. For more than four decades, Mr. Biden has embraced storytelling as a way of connecting with his audience, often often emphasizing the truth of his account by adding, not a joke, in the middle of the story. Not a joke. Which is a funny habit. (laughs) That's got to be psychologically part of the... His brain is at war, I think, when he's telling these stories. Part of his brain is saying, hey, this isn't true, Joe. I'm not sure people are buying this because you're making it up. Not a joke. Honestly, not a joke. My my you know my word is a Biden. Not a joke. I was raised well, by Puerto Ricans in a home burned down with my wife in it. Not a joke. <laughs> well, it's not a joke. It's just a work of fiction. <laughs> yeah, there's no punchline. There's not funny. It's just weird. <laughs> it's just weird that you do that. Yeah, I wonder what actually happened with corn pop there at the pool. I wonder if anything happened. Well, yeah. Since you can't document that, I mean, uh-huh. as as far fetched as some of his stories are. Yeah, it could have been a minor disagreement with a guy, and that's pretty much it. And then he invented the whole knives on the curb and apology. Remember the straight race, you'd bang him on the curb? No, you psychopath. <laughs> um, and, and that whole thing. I wonder, you know, he did grow up in a toughish hood, right? That's yeah, generally yeah, yeah, agreed yeah. upon? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And he was a, he kid, a kid who fought a lot. And, yeah, okay. but. And then they throw in a couple of paragraphs, which are okay, about uh, perfectly fine, about uh, Trump's various fables that he told about all kinds of different things and how uh, the New York Times makes the argument that uh, Trump's were more important than Biden's weird fictions. Um, Mr. Biden's fictions are nowhere near that scale, says the New York Times. I'll let you 
determine whether you agree with that or not. But they are emblematic of how the president over nearly five decades in public life has been unable to break himself of the habit of spinning embellished narratives, sometimes only loosely based on the facts, to weave together his political identity. And they provide political ammunition for Republicans, obviously. His stories have been repeatedly challenged, going as far back as his 1987 campaign for president, in which he had to bow out of the race over a couple of stories that didn't fit. Um, there's another part of this story I want to get to because I already read this. Uh, they talk about how he ran on bringing honesty and integrity back to the White House. Ethicists said that contrasting himself with Mr. Trump does not excuse Mr. Biden. I worry about the corrosive effects on democracy of making more honest than Donald Trump the standard for politicians, says this professor of philosophy at the University of Washington. Hmm. (laughs) Because that's basically what the New York Times says. Well, he's more honest than Trump was. All right. Two days before his remarks in Fort Myers, Florida, Mr. Biden made his comments about the Puerto Rican community back home in Delaware as he toured the destruction on the island. I'm one of you, he said. But Mr. Biden made not a single mention of Puerto Rica in either of his biographies that he wrote. He wrote two biographies. Officials could not point to specific instances when Mr. Biden had worked on issues involving the island. Um, Mr. Biden, uh, his chief of staff said, Mr. Biden has done much work for Puerto Ricans, but nobody can nail that down. So that whole I was raised by Puerto Ricans, I'm one of you, didn't make it into his biography, and nobody can nail down exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. That's wild, isn't it? What a weird uh, personality trait. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of used to it. I, I, why is the New York Times out with this now? Is it just that... They just had to get to the midterm, and and now, since always the talk turns to the next election, they want to make it clear Biden's a used-up old man, and everybody knows. Well, remember the Politico guys who wrote that book, uh, This Shall Not Pass? They they said right after the election, knives are going to be out for Biden. That's going to be the only thing. And I just wonder if this is part of it. Somebody highly placed or the New York Times are just sympathetic to the idea of starting to bring him down. I don't know. I'll run through this. Just I know a lot of you have heard it, but I I find it so entertaining. I don't mind hearing it again. During his first presidential run in 1987, Mr. Biden said he went to law school on a full academic scholarship, bragged that he ended up in the top half of his law school class and insisted that he graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school. In fact, as he later admitted, he only had a partial scholarship, was 76th out of 85 at his Oof. law school, and graduated with one bachelor's degree. Not a joke. Wow. I exaggerate when I'm angry, Biden told the New York Times in 1987. But I've never gone around telling people things that aren't true about me. Sure <laughs> sounds like you have. I'm not sure I get that distinction. All right, I said I had three degrees when I have one, but I would never say something untrue. Right. They go through the plagiarizing the um, uh, leader of the Labor Party in Britain. You either know that story or don't, but to skip to this one. Uh, 32 years later, as he campaigned for the presidency in 2019, Mr. Biden described how he'd traveled to Afghanistan to pin a silver star on a Navy captain for retrieving the body of a fellow American from a 60-foot ravine. That's a God's truth, he said, repeating the story he had told many times. My word is a Biden. But as the Washington Post pointed out, it was an Army specialist, not a Navy captain, who had rescued his comrade. It was President Barack Obama, not Joe Biden, who awarded the soldier the Presidential Medal of Honor, not the Silver Star. And the ceremony took place at the White House, not in Afghanistan. Wow. Are they sure they're talking about the same incident? 
Well, I was going to say, yeah, at one point, you know, this is <laughs> what's a good uh, metaphor. This is uh, this is my God. I, I can't even come up with it. It's as if you're saying, uh, you know, this is my old car. It just doesn't have the same body, engine, wheels, or tires. Yeah. Then what is it? What's in there? That like the 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 pine thing hanging from the mirror. So it was a different dude in a different service. And a different guy did it in a different place. Well, I'll read more from the Times and they quote the Post. White House officials said Mr. Biden was recalling a time years later when he went to Afghanistan to pin a bronze star on an army soldier. But as the Washington Post put it, in the space of three minutes, Biden got the time period, the location, the heroic act, the type of metal, the military branch and the rank of the recipient wrong, as well as his own role in the (laughs) ceremony. Well, again. What's left? That last part seems to be pretty important. Oh, and it, wasn't it makes me. a difference. Oh, and it wasn't me who gave him the word. It was him. Not a joke. <laughs> My word is a Biden. What? That's so weird. Yeah, it is. And it's been going on for half a century. At least four times, says the New York Times, Mr. Biden has described a ride on Amtrak to visit his sick mother in 2015 or 2016, recalling a conversation with a friendly train conductor. Joey, baby, that whole story. But Mr. Biden's mother died in 2010. The conductor also has been dead for several years before this any of this happened. Um, and it goes through several other stories. But it's just, it's astonishing. And also, I think, pretty interesting that the New York Times and the Washington Post have these stories out now. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see oh, how yeah. things turn after the election. Things oh, could get gosh. very, very funny. I feel like, I mean, I, I, maybe it's just needs to happen. You know, Saturday Night Live doing in the opening and in the news segment blasts on Biden's brain. Maybe it just needs to happen because it's true. Um, it doesn't have to be some sort of coordinated effort. But, yeah. Yeah, and and then the Kamala bashing, and I'm looking at the sound sheet. I guess that was yesterday we had some Kamala sound, and maybe you can grab that during the break or something, Michael. But, yeah, the Kamala bashing is going to be extra uh, entertaining. Speaking of bashing, a California man has filed a lawsuit uh, for millions of dollars, I believe, because uh, Texas Pete hot sauce is not from Texas. I would like a bottle of Texas Pete to be thrown into this guy's eyes. And the suit dismissed. I'll tell you about his idiotic case and more coming up. <laughs> Stay with us. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Just one more thing on that whole New York Times story and Washington Post story about Biden's exaggerating. It's extra weird to me that he regularly says, you know, uh, it's the truth. Or, or, you know, uh, my name is a Biden. You know, that whole thing. Invoking your family name into your made-up story, I find to be extra creepy. I mean, it's it's one thing to exaggerate a story, but then to like to pull in the honor of your entire family name right. on something you're making up, I find to be really awful. I could never do that. Yeah, he's a charming phony. 
Always has been. That's why America joke. didn't didn't give him 2% support the first two times he ran for president. He was like Kamala Harris level a candidate. Well, if you're going to get up there and say my word is a Biden over something that's easily checked and the, the, the media reporters immediately check into it and no, it never happened. Well, you've just besmirched everybody with your last name as being a liar. Yeah, that, yep. that's a very uncool thing to do. Yeah, well, he's a phony. He's a complete phony. But uh, the knives will be out after the election, as we were discussing, and then the Kamala bashing can begin. I'm certainly looking forward to that. Please clip 56, Michael, would you? This Kamala with uh, Seth Meyers. Is it true that you are you can no longer send emojis? Okay, high class problems. I have not received directly an emoji in a year and a half. Wow. Wow. Are, are emojis like a uh, security risk or something? They might the, be. Uh, the smiling face is actually watching. It's, it's reading over your shoulder. <laughs> I thought emojis, is that a Japanese word? Yeah, originally, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of the genre. As you know, it's an art to me, a picture telling a thousand words, and only a weirdo and a fascist would not use emojis. Any, or do you say emoji? I don't judge either way because I'm an open-hearted man. I do judge this guy, though. Uh, Philip White purchased a $3 bottle of Texas Pete hot sauce, which has a label featuring a cowboy and what court documents describe as, yes, court documents, describe as a stereotypically white Texas lone star reminiscent of the Texas state flag. He purchased this at a Ralph's grocery store in Los Angeles, and he is now suing. He's filed a class action lawsuit against Winston-Salem, North Carolina-based T.W. Garner Food for false advertising after learning that it's Texas Pete hot sauce is made in North Carolina, not the lone star state. Doesn't he have to, you know, I've learned this from the whole college loan fiasco. Doesn't he have to show harm? Standing? Have standing? What's your harm? Well, he says the uh, that White made the purchase while relying upon the language and images displayed on the front label of the product. And at the time of purchase, understood the product to be a Texas product. There is surprisingly nothing Texas about it. I don't know how I feel about this uh, on on one hand, uh, you know, buyer beware, all that sort of stuff. I want him held down and I want this stuff poured in his eyes. Well, I don't want him to sue, but just whether or not right. you ought to be able to do that as a company. Um, uh, if it says Texas something on the label, it's going to lead me to believe, that okay, Texas is big on barbecue. They care about their barbecue. This might be pretty good. Should I have to read the fine print on the back of the label to figure out it came from North Carolina? Well, what the hell's the difference? You got like a cowboy-looking guy pitching you hot sauce, and they call it Texas Pete. What the, what the hell's the difference where it's manufactured? That's crazy. If it was manufactured in in Oregon, but it was a really good hot sauce and called itself, you know, Tijuana Joe's, who cares? <laughs> My God, just ridiculous. These stupid class action suits. Stop it. Real Italian dressing, and it comes from Boise. That doesn't bother you. It probably does. Mm. It almost certainly does. Armstrong and Getty. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. 
Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it! it. That is why I did it at number five. Are you kidding me? That's right. Who do you think you are? I am. Damn it, right. So that's the great bowler Pete Weber. I retweeted the Super 70 Sports version of this. Let's pause today on the 10-year anniversary of the greatest moment in bowling history. (laughs) When Pete Weber won the 2012 U.S. Open and was so impressed with himself that he lost his GD mind. (laughs) Who do you think you are? I am. Who do you think you are? I am. (laughs) So impressed with himself, he lost his GD mind. That's true. Who do you think you are? We don't. What does that mean? <laughs> Are you angry at me? I don't understand. Uh, well, it's a fine achievement in bowling, no doubt. Which used to be on TV all the time. I guess it is on TV all the time. It's just that you know there are multiple ESPNs and you know. Certainly. Yeah, but it was on like when there was only three networks. Sometimes it'd be on on a Saturday afternoon, dead yeah. of winter in Wisconsin as a kid. Nothing freaking on TV but pro bowling. <laughs> yeah, I know. No internet. No video games. Three channels, pro bowling. Even when I bowled, I didn't want to watch that. <laughs> yeah, that's something. Although now they got the cornhole on uh, like ESPN3 or whatever. I'll watch that occasionally. These guys in their uniforms like they're NASCAR drivers throwing beanbags back and forth. 
you know, talk about entertainment options. My kids were pl- we finally figured out with the help of my computer expert friend how to get my kids to be able to get their Nintendo Switches so they can play Minecraft together, so they can build things together. And it just seems like so much more fun than anything I got to do as a kid. <laughs> it just seems so awesome. Yeah, Minecraft is pretty cool. I don't. I'm not into it like you are because my kids have been, you know, out of the house for a long time. But uh, It'd be yeah. kind of weird if you were into it, really. Oh, uh, I don't know. You guys are making zillions of dollars doing Minecraft videos, right? Like that oh, one yeah. guy. Oh yeah, Dream. He's the best Dream. Minecraft player in the world. Thirty-two million subscribers. Get a moniker that doesn't make you sound like you're a stripper, though. Well, That's what, my only request. Yep, well, yeah, you could come up with a different fake name. But what these guys do brilliantly is they come up with a, a fake name. They don't show their faces. They make gazillions of dollars, and nobody knows who they are. Yeah. And they do it all from their bedroom with their computer. That's a pretty cool lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, it, doesn't, it definitely has some advantages. Yeah, to get to be able to be super wealthy, and nobody knows it. Even your friends don't know it. And uh, the trouble that everybody has who has younger kids, uh, your kid, like my kid, especially if they're boys, they want to be YouTubers when they grow up. Because uh, even though when I was a kid, there were a lot of, you know, a lot of people wanted to be a pro athlete or a musician or whatever, but you had some sense of the difficulty or unlikelihood of it. Like with athlete, if you weren't super fast, super strong, probably can't do it. A musician, I got to learn to play. Looks like, and pretty true, that practically anybody can become a YouTuber. I mean, the opportunity mm-hmm. to become a rich and famous is right there and so accessible. It's a dream. It's a it's a reachable dream that didn't exist when I was a kid. Right, right. It's, it's a, still not going to happen for, you know, 99.99% of anybody. Yeah, I'd say it's a very seductive dream for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what I keep coming across is articles. Um, Judy and I, are, we're, we got to finally do something fun like next summer, something exotic, take a real vacation. Because between uh, you know the pandemic shutdowns and then we both got COVID this past summer, we haven't really taken a big vacation as a couple for a long time, or, or a trip, I should say. But one thing I've become aware of is a lot of the beautiful places on Earth are now utterly ruined because they're they're teeming like a tokyo subway car with instagrammers would-be influencers taking pictures in front of the whatever the famous hillside city in southern italy or whatever i was was unaware of this yeah oh yeah i've I've read articles about uh, you know whether the mediterranean or japan kyoto japan which is a historic city that's got its temple district and the rest of it you're like packed uh, shoulder to shoulder outside with humanity there's so many it would be instagram uh, influencers there in some of the more photographical, uh, photographable uh, places on Earth. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Did so, we're going to go somewhere ugly where uh, nobody wants to be. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we're going to vacation in Gary, Indiana. I apologize <laughs> to all Garyans. I just had to come up with something off the top of my head. Sure, it's lovely. It's not lovely. Not at all. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> California is lovely, but it's absolutely idiotic. AB 2098, new law, effectively tells state doctors, if you say anything to a patient about COVID, of all things, outside of the agreed-upon consensus, you will be disciplined and may lose your license to practice medicine in California, which is, well, as Bill Hogue puts it at redstate.com, uh, 
Uh, da, 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 the moment he signed the bill, you knew this would be challenged in court. Your average seventh grader could tell you that the bill violates the First Amendment of the Constitution um, because it, it bans uh, speech based on the substance of the speech, which is just insane. Now, there's a doctrine that if the state has a compelling and narrow interest in you know, in regulating professional behavior and that intersects with speech. Okay, we'll, we'll take a look at it, but we, we don't like it. I mean, that's summarizing the Supreme Court's uh, point of view on this. Um, but doctors are now the suits have already happened. There are several suits in the works are already filed. And I just wanted to quote uh, Dr. J. Batakaria. Or Batakaraya. I can't remember how you pronounce it. He's roughly, yeah. He's one of the co authors of the Great Barrington Declaration. He's an epidemiologist and professor. Um, he says, What is abundantly clear is that this bill represents a chilling interference with the practice of medicine. The bill itself is full of misinformation and a demonstration of what a disaster it would be to have the legislature dictate the practice of medicine. And then I like Hoag's editorial. He says, <clears throat> if something like the pandemic ever happens again, will doctors be forced to follow the party line and endorse safety measures like arresting the paddle boarder in Malibu, who is in the ocean hundreds of yards from anyone? Will physicians have to applaud idiotic edicts like filling in a skate park with sand so no one can use it? <sighs> Remember that happened? Wow. Will they have to recommend booster after booster after booster, even when they're concerned about some of the adverse health effects they're seeing? Or I would point out when, for instance, like college kids or young kids, it's not that it's practically useless. They're not going to get very sick. You can catch it anyway. You can spread it anyway. Just unbelievable. And and uh, let's see, who is this uh, McDonald person? Uh, Dr. Mark McDonald, who's uh, filing suit. He sums it up nicely. The United States Constitution clearly states that the government shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. AB 2098 does just that. It prevents physicians from speaking. It is unconstitutional, unethical, and harms both doctors and patients. It must be rejected. The fact that it passed both houses of the legislature and was signed by the governor is so disturbing. And most of these people are lawyers. And they think it's a good idea to have somebody in charge of what's the acceptable story on anything. Wow. And no dissent, or you will be punished. I mean, that's truly disturbing. And I, I wonder how many of them are sincerely deluded and think this is a good idea. And and you are delusional if you think, did you not notice how rapidly the understanding of the thing evolved. So you'd constantly have doctors being punished and disciplined because they were a week ahead of Dr. Fauci. I mean, literally, a week ahead of the consensus. They were ahead of it. They were right. They were leading us toward a better place, and they'd be disciplined for that. How can you not understand the horrible, chilling effect that would have? So you have the delusional, then you have the cynical, who are like, yeah, well, all our voters like are super lefties and they're paranoid about uh, COVID, so I'll show them down with them. And the courts will bail me out because the courts will knock this down. It's like the student loan bailout thing. Even if the courts throw it out before the midterms, well, number one, people have started voting already in some places. But number two, the Democrats will get the credit for having tried and they will blame the mean, mean, corrupt courts. Like that mean, mean Supreme Court. You remember them? They knocked it down. We we're going to help you. And they prevented it. 
It's just cynical. Knowingly passing laws that are unconstitutional so you get credit for them. Please, we're doomed. We're screwed. We're doomed. We're screwed. It's no way to run a country. Uh, okay, I just came across something that caught my eye. I need to read it. Do not donate to Wikipedia. They have over $230 million in assets, many grifters with $300,000-plus salaries, and their actually host, actual hosting costs are negligible. All content is written uh, by unpaid volunteers. Hmm. Okay. I donated $50 to them last year and felt, uh, and felt good about it. Now I feel bad about it. Tim Sandifer retweeted that. Donating oh, he to, did. To, well, that's, is that Wikipedia? Wikimedia. Or Wikipedia, Wikimedia, I guess, are the same thing. Donating to Wikimedia might seriously be the worst way there is to give away money. <laughs> wow. That's a heck of a statement. I did, well, if this is true, if they have $230 million in assets and a bunch of high-paid salaries, and, and it is, the content does come from unpaid people arguing it out with moderators that are paid, I assume. Anyway. I use Wikipedia every single day for free. I thought I ought to throw them a couple of bucks, but sucker! Idiot. I don't know. I've I've given away money in worse ways at bars and whatnot. Um, <laughs> I hope I'm not being red pilled or or gaslighted or gaslighted or hornswoggled. <laughs> you don't want to be any of those things. No shot, wand, and horn struggling. <laughs> we'll finish strong next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. 
like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That's right. 530 years ago, Columbus went on a trip but never made it to his intended destination. Uh, Today, we call that flying Southwest Airlines. Um, (laughs) Oh, 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 wait a minute there. That's out of bounds. Uh, I had that uh, situation where I was trying to go from Burbank to Sacramento and uh, spent five hours on the plane and never left Burbank. It was horrible. Not as horrible as this Amtrak trip from Detroit to Chicago. That's a five and a half hour rail trip regularly goes it was a 19 hour ordeal this particular oh. time though because it had ran out of power and got stopped a couple of different times they go a little ways and stop and when there's no power they couldn't flush the toilets so all the toilets were running over with uh, oh urine oh. and yeah, fecal what, matter fecal yes matter. Johnny, i know what they were overrunning with i didn't assume it was champagne and beef stew what the hell that'd be weird um so 19 hours. Wow, that's a long time. Uh, Amtrak has apologized for uh, for it. Of course, you know, that's what they do. So whether it's Southwest or United or Amtrak or whoever, we appreciate your cooperation. We apologize for the inconvenience. <laughs> appreciate your uh, patience. That'll be uh, another 15 minutes or so, and we'll uh, keep you up to date. And uh, we've been here three days. Uh, several people have died. And several people have uh, formed an armed insurrection. But uh, we'll get back to you in about 15 minutes to let you know your status. Just to make that clear, that is not beef stew, nor is it champagne. <laughs> On the floors. <laughs> Running through the train cars. So, looking at the New York Times, which is uh, 3,000 miles away from Los Angeles. Los Angeles City Council backlash grows after racist remarks. Growing number of officials are calling for the resignation of three city council members. So you got the lead woman there. What's her name? Nuri Martinez. She has stepped away, but not She's resigned. She's taking a leave of absence, Jack. She's hoping it dies down. Right. I don't. I don't leave think, of absence. I, it has caught on as a national story, and I don't think she's going to weather the storm. Um. But here's a quote from her that just came out. This has been one of the most difficult times of my life. And I recognize this is entirely of my own making. It's one of the most difficult times of your life that people found out who you really are. That's what would mm-hmm. be uh, is kind of weird about it, because it's not like a, you know, one-off sort of thing. I, I doubt. I think people just got to hear who you really are. Yeah. Yeah. The idea that a, a gal like that and the bare-knuckle labor leaders and everybody that she was conspiring with are good, decent people who are just... They are so in support of all people of color and blah, blah, blah. It's such a lie. It always has been. It's just a, they're just trying to consolidate political power. Right. So maybe during our podcast, see, when we get done here in a few minutes, we'll do another little podcast we call One More Thing that doesn't air on radio stations. It's 
and occasionally has a salty word or two. We don't lean on that, even though we could. I mean, we could say anything in a podcast, right? Are there any limits in a podcast? I mean, you can't threaten the president. Absolutely not. Right. Uh, Other than, yeah, the standard. Huh. Can't, uh, you know, encourage violent insurrection. Uh, For instance, although some people do. No, it it has to do with our audience and our brand, uh, you know. Right. Yeah, and I don't, I don't use really bad language just around random people. As, oh no, as a never, thing. never, never. Among friends, it's utterly horrendous. But uh, no. Well, I did the other day though around somebody. I just made the wrong assumption that they would be okay with the salty language. I could tell by the look on their face. They're like, yeah, not cool. And I felt mm. terrible. Wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. Uh, but we might do this during our podcast today. Relationships are for boomers. Gen Z does situationships. Not relationships, no. situationships. That made my skin crawl. And we'll, uh, could be monkeypox. <laughs> we'll talk more about that coming up. Situationships. Yeah. Really? Really? Uh, as we get further and further away from procreating and perpetuating the species. Hi, uh, this is Corn Pop. When I'm not trying to get my razor rusty in a rain barrel... I listen to Final Thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Why did the New York Times and the Washington Post decide to do big, long stories about how Joe Biden makes crap up all the time? Kind of interesting. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, starting with our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought? Yeah, speaking of relationships, two years ago today, you were at my wedding. It is my wife and I, our second anniversary, so... Oh, Happy fabulous. anniversary Happy. to us, and I love you very much if you're listening, honey. Yeah, that was Happy two anniversary. Yep, two years ago. I remember it well. Uh, young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. A final thought, Alex? You know, I like to think I learn something new every day from this show, and today, Joe, you brought me my knowledge. I learned the word lugubrious. Mm. Uh, normally, I just say sad. Uh, lugubrious is a word that sounds like what it is, kind of slow yeah. and sad and that is interesting, isn't squishy, it? kind of. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us? Yes, I mentioned this uh, earlier. They had the World Giant Pumpkin Competition in Northern California. That's where it is for some reason. Somebody from Minnesota won with about a 2,500-pound pumpkin. That is a BFP, I'll tell you. 2,500 pounds. How'd they transport it from Minnesota or Minneapolis or wherever it was to uh, California? Big trailer. But I remember when I was a kid, they'd put a giant pumpkin uh, in the lobby of the school, and you could guess the way to the pumpkin and win the pumpkin. And, oh, man, kids got into that contest. We just oh, yeah. dream. And everybody would guess, you know, a thousand million hundred pounds because we were <laughs> little kids, and it would end up being like 70 pounds. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll, I'll dovetail on that one. Uh, I'm always disappointed, though, when you see the picture of the winner. It's all blobby. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, misshapen yeah, yeah. and gross looking. Yeah, it doesn't look like a pumpkin. No. It looks like, well, similar to people. It looks like Manuel Uribe. It doesn't look like... <laughs> oh, unfortunate. Yeah, there ought to be some sort of nexus between, you know, looking like a dang pumpkin and, and yeah. weight. Yeah, it has to be attractive and a big pumpkin. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all sorts of great clicks for you. Hot links with uh, articles and videos and uh, you name it. Uh, you can get some A&G swag. Order now for Christmas time. An Armstrong and Getty t-shirt or hoodie or whatever for your favorite A&G fan. Drop us a line. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Remember, you can always get chunks of the show via podcast. 
Uh, it's Armstrong and Getty On Demand, wherever you like to get podcasts. Lots going on in the world. We'll have the latest next show. See you then. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. The words of a president matter. I, are you sure of that, dude? Well, yep. Absolutely. Okay. Through an international over depression. Well, that bad at care. The next little friend. Like, like, like. Oh. No, 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 no. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. And when it's over, it is over. It is over. We just wanted to hear your. I said bye. Let me say. Let me say one thing. No, senor. No, senor. Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.